Hey everybody, happy Tuesday and welcome on in for another episode of Great Quarter Gals, the show where we talk about amazing women doing amazing things in the freight and logistics space. And I'm your host, Kaylee Nix, here with my fabulous co-host, Grace Sharkey. Grace, how are you on this Tuesday, the first official Tuesday of fall? Is it really fall today? Okay, well, that's good news to hear. The leaves are changing outside, so that makes sense. Uh, it's also getting extremely darker outside early, which is the absolute worst. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, I'm, uh, I've am i been recently prepping my hair, getting ready to dye it blue here in about 40 days. Uh, so we're getting to that point in life. It's very excited for that. And uh, excited, of course, to hang out with the whole FreightWaves crew here in uh, a, a little bit more than a month. So uh happy to be in Chattanooga for the fall as well in a, a little bit. So uh, you can't get me down at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of those who don't know what she's talking about, last year, Grace decided to dye her hair blue for the Future of Freight Festival. It's right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, our biggest live event of the year. This year, she decided she is going blue once again. And Grace, you know, I thought about joining you. And then my hairdresser made a good point. Um, I'm taking engagement photos next month and I can't have blue hair for that. So no. she, she talked me out no. of it and I said, okay, Julie, you know what? You got me on that one. Yeah, no, you got, you got bigger, big things to get ready for. Uh, I'm just going to ruin my family Christmas photos with uh, some blue, blue hair. So no, it's going to be a fun time. And of course, everyone head over again to live.freightwaves.com to get your tickets. Not only are we going to have some, I mean, I'm very excited to see Brad Jacobs uh, keynote. Uh, I've heard that he's absolutely amazing, but on top of that, right, we've got some amazing performers as well. I mean, we're bringing good old uh, Tip Ti to uh, the stage at F3, which I still unbelievable. I can't wait to see him on stage. It's I don't even think I believe it until I see him. Right, so it's <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a, a great time and uh, excited to to hang out with our Frank friends right at the same time. Absolutely. And you and I are going to get some airtime. We will have a live episode of Great Quarter Gals on the FreightWaves TV stage. So again, that's live.freightwaves.com to get your tickets and get in for the future Freight Festival. We genuinely can't wait to see you guys here in Chattanooga in just about a month and a half. I think you said 40 days is the exact date. Grace, we're going to move into our topics for today. We've, of course, got a great guest coming up. You mentioned Freight Friends. We're going to talk about them coming up in just a little bit as well. But first, I want to talk about the hot topic. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, the hot button couple that has just popped up over the weekend. And everybody's talking about this in terms of pop culture significance and yada yada. But we're going to take a little bit of a spin on this and talk about how this really highlights the power of the female consumer. It's a very roundabout discussion that we're going to get into here, right? But for those of you who don't know, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift reported to be seeing each other. She was at the Chiefs game this weekend. They're supporting him. Of course, he's the star tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Since she was spotted at the game, jersey sales of Travis Kelsey's jersey have gone up over 400%. He's now in the top five most sold jerseys in Fanatics. The searches for Kansas City Chiefs for Travis Kelsey for NFL football have gone up like I think over a thousand percent mostly from a female audience which of course there's lots of women who love sports myself is included in that I was an NFL fan before all of this happened but now got that crossover between Taylor Swift and the NFL it just gets better right but this really highlights how much more you can get how much of a wider audience you can reach if you diversify your interests and if you can find that little niche representation for the other side of the market right 
you know, it's, it, thank you for touching on this. I will also add to that, the, that list of things, the new balances that she bought actually sold out as well. So, uh, yes, it's, you know, it's interesting. Uh, there's a, you guys all know there's a company under armor i think is a perfect example of uh, some a company out there that hasn't fully uh figured out the best way to or even a way to start attacking uh, the female audience i remember uh right around covid they i believe they had gotten either a new ceo or a new product person who was on cnbc and, and she'd even said it, you know we're, we're focused on only 49% of all consumers. Uh, women are the larger majority of that number. And it's really uh, crazy to me to see in this day and age, so many different brands, retail providers, CPG companies as well, who don't focus on, on that female consumer, who over time and statistics show has actually controlled the family's uh, pocket as well. And it's going to continue to uh, grasp even more of market share over time as we see even uh, a number of females focusing on their careers over even building a family, right? So, you know, it's, you see companies like Lululemon who have focused on that consumer where others like uh, Under Armour who are, are still being, are still trying to figure out how to, to work the female consumer into their brand. It's just a flabbergast, a flabbergast at this point that this is happening and that in this day and age that people haven't truly understood uh, the, <laughs> and the psychotic mind behind the female purchaser, right? And the fact that most people had to zoom into pictures just to even see what shoes Taylor Swift was wearing at that event to find out their New Balances and to see the New Balances sell out, right, I think is uh, a perfect example of how much we do our due diligence and when we want a product we're going to figure it out and we're going to buy it the jerseys are another one as well so yeah i'm uh i'm happy that you brought this up because i think not only does i think hopefully the sports arena and and a male sports uh, in this particular example start to understand how much the female consumer is a part of their brand too Absolutely. And you know what? For the all the NFL stands out there, we love sports also. We understand yeah, sports. Yeah, it's just, not like, just for you. Like, I know, like, like Grace, literally back behind you in the background, you're the massive Michigan <laughs> sports fan. Don't know about an NFL team because, like, the Lions, eh, not super great. I say that. No, as no, a no. We're fan. Vikings fans. <laughs> Yeah, we're Vikings fans over here. Uh, no, I, I grew up a Bears fan. That turned just as terrible as Lions. Uh, so uh, I, I follow Kirk Cousins, basically. But yeah, no, we're here, too. I mean, Blythe Brumley's like, she's been a Jaguars podcaster forever. Like, so that's where she got her podcasting roots from. Like, we're out here. You just have to start targeting us mm -hmm. a little bit more. <laughs> Absolutely. If you ever want to talk college sports, hit me up on LinkedIn, on Twitter. That's my bread and butter. College sports, college football, college basketball, yes. college baseball, college gymnastics. You want it, I watch it. All right, let's move on to our second topic of the day before we get to our guests really quickly, Grace. We talk about, of course, the value of building friends and building community in this space. No one doing it better than the folks over at Freight Caviar and at Lost Freight. You guys all know Paul and you all know Reed. Check this out. This was a meetup of them. Um, I think this was in Michigan, was it not? With them uh, last Chicago. night? Chicago. Yep. Chicago. Uh, Chicago, which, you know, it's a Chicago bar because it's got a fan in it. You know, like that's... <laughs> That's how you know they're in a Chicago dive bar. No, uh, yeah, they're all uh, met up in Chicago and uh, packed the place out, it sounds like. So really happy uh, to see their their endeavors and that, that partnership between the two, uh, bringing the community together, right? There's, we got uh, Carrie back there from Charger Tools as well. So uh, everyone showed out, it looks like. 
I love it. And again, if you guys want to get in on this community, definitely come to the Future Freight Festival. Paul will be there. Reed will be there. That whole entire crew, hopefully the majority of them will be at F3. We're going to build out a massive please advise selfie just like that. I think I think that's the goal. It is. No, it is the goal. So make sure you bring your hat if you got one. If you don't, then uh, hit up Reed and, and start working on that. You only got 40 days. I know. Shipping, so, Got to you know. get going. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into our guest for today. We are welcoming in Delaney Thurlow, who's an account executive over at Grounded Packaging. And we're going to be talking a little bit about sustainability efforts. We're going to be talking about how she got into this space. So Delaney, thank you for joining us here today on the show. It's great to have you. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, Grace. It's so, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, oh she is muted. We got to get her sound back on, but I can lightly oh, read her no. lips. There we go. There we go. We got you now. <laughs> Am I on? Am I good? Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, ladies. Um, all I was saying is, hey, Kaylee. Hey, Grace. Um, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here, Kaylee. I don't know if Grace gave you the rundown, but as soon as she reached out, I lightly told her I peed my pants a little bit. I was just so excited to be asked <laughs> on to your podcast. So happy to be here. <laughs> I, I I love you. Uh, just to give people a little bit of background, Delaney and I have known each other for quite some time. Goes back to college years at Michigan State, and uh, you know it's it's exciting to see so many people now, that we know within even MSU community that have gone into some type of logistics related field. It's a big school for it as well. And Delaney, I'd love for you to to start uh, tell us a little bit about grounded packaging and and really what brought you to uh, the company today. Yeah, for sure. Let's. Let's get this party started, girls. So um, <laughs> Grounded is really a company that's dedicated to making sustainable packaging solutions more accessible, transparent, and simple for the consumer, right? So what that means to us is really developing the most sustainable range of materials on the market, finding ways to make them the most affordable for not just like the big guys, but also the small and medium-sized players too. And then uh, backing all of our materials with the data-driven tech tools that can help educate our uh, customers on the products that they're purchasing, of course, right? Um, and my journey to Grounded, let's see, not to sound too cliche, but first and foremost, it was really the people that kind of brought me over to the Grounded team. So um, at the time, I was interviewing both at Grounded and Amazon. Um, and there was something that really clicked when talking to both my now manager and, of course, our CEO. So ease of conversation and just, of course, the spirit behind um, what they were building, uh, the passion they brought to the table. It really felt like I was already part of the team. Right. Um, I've done the corporate thing. It's really not for me. Um, I really <laughs> I thrive in situations uh, like startup situations. I love a little chaos. I like to get my hands dirty. Hence, probably why we did so well together at Greenline. Um, but I knew that Grounded could really offer me all of that. Um, and as their first US-based hire, I really saw the potential to help build out something really, really great here. Uh, beyond the people, um, I'll be honest that I didn't know a ton about flexible packaging. So all of my prior roles had really focused more on the coordinated industry. So I was uh, really keen to kind of broaden my knowledge um, on this new segment of the packaging world. So there's so much to learn about films. I'm still learning every single day, um, way more than I possibly could have imagined. It's a super nuanced uh, set of products, right? And then uh, beyond that, it was really our data-driven approach uh, that was a huge factor into coming over to Grounded. Uh, you can sell packaging all day, every day. You can make whatever kind of claims that you want, but at the end of the day, without data, it doesn't really mean anything. So to be able to quantify uh, 
the packaging purchasing decision for for brands and help them kind of really nail in and narrow in on exactly what they're looking for um, based on those material impact scores. Uh, I knew that we were going to be able to make a really big difference um, again. So that's kind of what brought me over to the grounded side of things. It makes me laugh, Delaney, that you speak about your career journey being kind of this choice between Amazon and Grounded, because when I think about brands who could use a little bit of help with sustainable packaging, Amazon is like one of those first ones that comes to mind, right? There's many a time where I order like a little computer part or something that's like this big, and I get it in this massive box. I'm like, this could have been done a little bit more efficiently. So you mentioned walking that line between choosing startup, but having that opportunity to go corporate. And oftentimes a lot Mm -hmm. of those corporate companies are the ones that need the help from startup solutions like this. How do you guys go about kind of making your name known as a startup like this and providing those solutions that prove that data-driven approach that catches the eye of your bigger bigger legacy corporations and makes them say, yeah, we could use this service? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it really lends itself to being that core partner to the small and medium businesses, right? When you're when you're a big dog, when you're a Newell Brands, you're a Tyson Foods, you're a Kraft Heinz, you're going directly to the manufacturing partners. You have people on your team that speak that language. You know, here at Grounded, we are representing kind of those smaller and medium-sized businesses that don't particularly have that voice themselves. So it's really my role to be able to decipher exactly what these large manufacturing partners are saying, make it a little bit more digestible for these small and medium-sized players um, to make those differences, right? And so the big dogs, they, they can kind of do it themselves. It's always down to the bottom line with them, which is unfortunate, whereas with the small and medium-sized players, though, sustainability re- really means a lot more. Folks come to us wanting that sustainable change. They want to pay the a little bit extra for the sustainable materials. They have a the little bit of margin to do so. Um, so I think representing just kind of this more like niche, smaller market is really going to be what grabs the attention, right? If we can garner enough energy and effort and kind of band together these businesses, um, that's when the change really starts happening. And that's kind of what we're pushing into right now. Um, But that's not to say that we're not working with big folks. We were just out at Pack Expo in Vegas last week, and it was really exciting to see a lot of the bigger players coming up to our booth and really engaging in some of our tech tools, um, engaging engaging in some of our new like paper-based technologies and molded fiber technologies that even they haven't seen on the market yet and their engineers haven't been able to come up with. So it's just a matter of being really fresh, really focused and um, bringing kind of a different energy to the table. The packaging world is pretty antiquated. So coming in with a fresh face, you know, our slogan is kind of the, I don't know, am I going to get censored if I say like unfuck the planet, but it really is. So um, (laughs) coming in with just kind of a new energy and being able to bring like be first to market with a lot of these sustainable materials um, is really key to winning that those those medium sized businesses and then also the big players too. Doing it, you are good. Don't even worry. About it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I love it. I, I knew the. I, I love the energy. It's uh, you listen. It, Delaney hasn't changed at all. I love it. Uh, no, uh, one thing I want to ask you about. It's a right (laughs) the one thing i want to ask you on regards to the packaging aspect is a lot of times uh when i'm especially talking to like the shippers directly uh when you're designing the product or you're creating the product you're also usually considering the packaging at the same time so how do you work with companies to almost kind of like reverse that step 
like working with them so that their product is, uh, they understand the importance of how their product is designed to fit in the packaging, to to ship off to consumers, uh, and to, of course, uh, eliminate maybe their, their carbon footprint in, after they've actually, like, maybe thought about it already or created what they think the product should should be sent or how it should be sent to the consumer? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's really interesting you ask, right? So in my prior role, uh, like I said, I worked a lot in like the corrugated space, right? And now I've moved into this whole new world of flexibles, which is really interesting. But in my prior role, we worked on a lot of like right size packaging, right? So working with wine brands that wanted to get rid of those like big, bulky, heavy to ship molded fiber inserts. You know, we worked on creating like creative solutions to just use like smaller corrugated inserts and pieces like that. Um, So right size shipping, a lot of times in like that specific industry, we also focused on using local manufacturing practices. So beyond just like right size packaging, it's like right location manufacturing, right? Why are we shipping? you know, corrugated from Asia when we can be shipping from a local manufacturer, maybe 50 miles up the road. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different considerations when playing like that, right? But I think, you know, to the core of your question, especially as it relates to like the corrugated industry is really, you know, the right size and working with a designer, not just a designer, but a specific packaging designer. I had so many brands coming to us with these beautiful kind of like champagne toast ideas, more on like a Coors Light budget and you know (laughs) not be not really understanding the like implications of you know all of that added material throughout like 2018 2019 2020 we were in this unboxing era right where folks are making millions on youtube just unboxing all these gorgeous Mm -hmm. packaging not realizing like the waste it was creating right so i think in this new era especially like post-covid uh folks are moving away from the unboxing and like as you mentioned earlier with amazon you get this huge box with a small computer part and that doesn't work that frustrates people so we're really moving into a world where minimal is better and to amazon's credit they have put in place some really great uh regulations like SIOC, ffp which stands for like ships and own container frustration free packaging you get certain buyback programs if you if they only have like slap a shipping label on there which is great But what I'm doing now is more so focusing on moving folks from rigid packaging into more flexible packaging, right? Rigid tubs, rigid containers, they take a lot of space to ship. They're predominantly done overseas. That's obviously a huge carbon impact uh, from just like a shipping lens. Um, But moving them into a more flexible package, you know, maybe a stand-up pouch. Um, A lot of folks are coming to us right now to move, let's say, shampoo bottles right into more like refill purchases. So you can buy that forever vessel and then have that pouch that um, you can just ship those refills in, which is really, really useful. It cuts your carbon footprint, your material uh, impact scores, like your circularity scores. So there's a lot to be done and it's really dependent on kind of the segment of business that you're in. I think that one of the most interesting things when we talk about the ability for a industry as big as packaging and shipping to move into this kind of different change space is a change of ethics. And that really has something to speak about the way that the world is moving, right? I think back at like kind of the height of capitalism, everybody was so profit driven. And we're seeing that gap between profit driven and ethics driven seriously start to narrow, especially with the younger workforce entering the industry and becoming these leadership spaces. Is that something that you guys are continuing? 
continually seeing as well as that gap continue to narrow as people choose the right choice, the sustainable choice, the greater choice, the ethical choice, maybe paying a little bit more, ending up with a little slimmer margin, but doing that because they know that the impacts down the road are more impactful than just making an extra dollar. Yes and no, right? So I think the bottom line is always unfortunately the bottom line, right? You know, you can't do good with the business if you don't have a business to back it up. Um, but I will say a lot of these brands that come to us looking for help with packaging come specifically for the sustainability aspect. It's, um, and again, like going back to Pack Expo last weekend, sustainability was the talk of the town. They had a whole area of sustainability innovation. They had a whole sustainability stage for brands to come up and present their new innovations in the space. Um, so yes, I think, you know, and even beyond um, kind of this like ethics driven, again, I said, you know, the bottom line is the bottom line. And a lot of that has to do with all of this legislative, cha legislative change that's in the pipeline, right? Um, we're going to start seeing a ton of legislation being passed in terms of single use plastics and not being able, you know, and, and charges and buybacks. I mean, New York City or New York State, I believe, just got rid of single use plastics and all takeout last month, right? So for every restaurant that doesn't comply, they get a slap on the wrist and a fine. Um, that's going to be said for single use plastics in terms of like retail bags, shopping bags, um, plastic pouches soon, right? So when these charges start to add up for these companies, then it's going to be an even bigger initiative. And that's when it's really going to take precedent. Um, but it's great, like you said, as the younger workforce comes in, um, they're driving a lot more change. And those are a lot of the conversations that I am having day in and day out. It's a huge future, I think, for the space in particular. And it's, you know, one thing that we love about doing this show is really introducing people like you, Delaney, who are extremely wonderful women mothers that are killing it in the space that they're in. And uh, I'm interested as you look towards the future, right, of uh, packaging in particular, uh, where do you see women being able to come in and kind of take over roles, areas in like STEM or, or things of that nature, where uh, there's going to be more opportunities for to, women to enter the space and help make this whole logistics industry a little less male dominated? Yeah, no, I, uh, girl power, right? So I loved <laughs> seeing all of the young women last week, uh, or two weeks ago at the show. And I also loved I was actually up at Michigan State. Hey, go green. Um, I was up at Michigan Boy. State last week uh, <laughs> presenting at COPAC, which is the Coalition of Packaging Professionals and um, Alumni Association. And um, the room was packed, which was great. There were like 70 plus students that came in to see my presentation um, on Grounded. And I have to say over half of them were young females and it was incredibly exciting to see and i had so many young women come up to me after the presentation to talk about kind of my maybe more untraditional path like not going down that typical engineering route but it was so it was it it was so exciting just to see so much energy in the room and to see so many young girls approach me after kind of asking about sales asking about operations um i don't know if it's just my group of friends it's because I graduated in the packaging program but I have so I've surrounded myself with so many like super successful women in the STEM industry right so many of my friends uh, are in packaging or in procurement or even in the logistics world like like you ladies are and so it's really exciting to see and I think as we continue to kind of grow this STEM industry like at our level you know 
like myself, I just had a daughter. Like she's going to be raised in this world where it's not, it's not like the craziest thing to see her mom go out to a business meeting or to a conference or to present on like material sciences, right? She's not going to be weird for her auntie to come in and talk about the logistics industry and how she's a manager at this really awesome freight forwarder. Um, so it, it's just an exciting time. And it, to be able, I think it's, again, just young women approaching young women and, you know, you guys hosting this awesome podcast and just doing more in that space to get more girls excited to show that it's not just male dominated. So um, like I said, it was, it was awesome to see last week. Absolutely. And we rise by lifting others, which you have helped do today on our show. So Delaney, thank you so much for joining us today. If people want to reach out to you guys, where can they go to do that at Grounded? Um, it's just going to be our website, groundedpackaging.co. Don't add an M. Uh, it's .co. <laughs> or you can always find me on LinkedIn, Delaney Thurlow. Uh, shoot me a connect, shoot me a message. Um, I'm, as you said, we rise by lifting others. So I'm always happy to connect, lend a listening ear to any young professionals in the space interested in getting into sustainability, sales, packaging, whatever it may be, um, would be, would love to chat, would love to help. Love it. Thank you so much, Delaney. Go green. <laughs> Go white. Thanks, Grace. Thanks, Kaylee. It was so great to chat with you girls today. So great to chat with you as well, Delaney. Thank you for being here and thank you all for staying tuned in with us. That does it for your Tuesday. Grace, where can the people find you? Oh, where can you find me? Well, you can find me on the radio at night, every single day on Sirius XM Road Dog Trucking Channel 146, 5 to 7 p.m. If you miss it, you can check it out at 11 to 1 a.m. And you can also get it on demand on our Sirius XM app. Uh, tonight, we'll have good old Thomas Watson on there with me for a good hour or so, diving into all types of trucking news. Uh, and of course, I'll be doing the show at uh, Freight Waves F3. So another uh, wonderful event. Head to live.freightwaves.com and come hang out with us there. Awesome. And you can find us next Tuesday right here at noon. We'll see you then.